Kia ora, e me te Welcome, friends and family, to the Candid Kiwi podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I am the Candid Kiwi. Kia ora and welcome to episode 29. In this episode, you're going to be with me, the Candid Kiwi, and I am going to talk to you and share with you about my trip that I took to New Zealand and Australia last month and who I visited, what I did, how it was. It was a whirlwind of a trip. It was a week and it was crazy and it was just beautiful and so I'm going to share with you the details about the trip that I took last month. So yeah, let's go. Kia ora. welcome to episode 29. So let's get started. So Australia was closed to the world and as you know if you've been listening and an avid follower of the Candid Kiwi, Brother Balki was one of my stories that I shared with you. Now Brother Balki was my art teacher and he had a profound impact on my life and he helped me a ton when I was at church college and church college was a rough year for me and that I talk about that in episode 13 and then I interview brother Balki in episode 14 and so if you're not familiar with that then I would go back and listen to that and this will make a lot more sense as why I did this trip because this trip was made for brother Balki and if you have listened to those two episodes then you will understand why I did this trip to Australia to see him. So to recap a little bit, church college was a tough year for me and my life, actually one of the hardest years, and Brother Balki was an angel sent from heaven in the art world and in the form of an art teacher to be able to help me with the struggle that I was having and we kept in contact and I found the devastating news out that Brother Balki got cancer and he is not going to be with us for very long. So, when Australia opened to the world, FYI, New Zealand's open to the world too, so I get to go home to New Zealand this year. Isn't that such cool news? I'm like so stoked about that. So, Drew and I are looking at tickets right now and it is not looking super good, but we'll still go home. The problem is, if anybody cares, is that... We bought tickets in 2020 to be able to go home. The pandemic happened. They gave us credit and the credit like rolls over, has been rolling over from year to year. But we got our tickets for like a thousand bucks, a little under a thousand bucks, which is a killer deal. But the credit only goes to that thousand dollars. It doesn't go to a ticket. And so the tickets now are like, fifteen sixteen hundred dollars and so that means we have to pay an extra six hundred dollars per person in order to be able to go because our credit doesn't cover that and it'd be nice if they just did the credit was a ticket to ticket you know but it doesn't work like that because they have to make money and we just have to eat it and usually we would have our tickets by now but because we are waiting to see if it'll go down (laughs) But it's going to cost us like an extra few grand. But 
I'm sure nobody feels sorry for us. We get to go home to New Zealand, so I don't think anyone really feels sorry for our family, right? <laughs> anyway, so New Zealand's officially opened up to the world and Australia officially opened up to the world in March. And so when Australia opened up to the world, Drew brought me those tickets straight away. And I promised Brother Balky that when Australia opened up, that I would come over and I would see him. And I did. So Drew travels a tiny bit for work. And he went over to Dubai to for a business trip. And he got a ton of points on his airline miles. And so with those points, he brought my ticket to Australia. And so it worked out to be amazing. And so we planned the trip for the beginning of April and booked the tickets. And basically I was gone from Boise from lunchtime, Boise time, to the next Monday, like 10 o'clock at night. And so I was gone just one week. Now, you basically have to have a doctorate degree to figure out how to travel with COVID. And so we had to do so much research. I just can't tell you how stressful that was to be able to know what we needed to do and fill out and the test to take in order to be able to go into two countries. And so my ticket was this. My ticket went from Boise to San Jose to LA to Auckland to Christchurch to Brisbane back to Auckland, LA, Oakland, Boise. So that was my itinerary. That's what I was doing. And so in order to do that, I had to make sure that I researched what I needed to get into New Zealand, if it was going to be okay for me to leave the Auckland airport and me to be able to see my family for 10 hours outside of the Auckland airport, and then for me to get back into the airport to travel down to Christchurch to visit my auntie and uncle to be able to get out of that airport and stay the night with them only to go back in the next morning to go to Brisbane and then be able to get out of that airport and visit with my mates plus brother Balky and then be able to come back to Auckland. You see my point. And so depending on what COVID test, and I don't know how much of this you guys really want to know, so I don't know, but depending on what COVID test you got, if you got a rapid antigen test versus, uh, shoot, what's that other one? I forgot, but there's two different tests you can take. And the other test is takes longer to get back. It's not rapid, but it's a different kind of test, I guess. So that one I could take 72 hours before in Australia, but in New Zealand it had to be taken 48 hours before. But if it was a rapid antigen test, it had to be taken 24 hours before. And so... Drew had these tests that he got through work that you can download an app and a doctor sits there in front of you and watches you do the test and then they upload it and give it to you. So I did that, right? But they had some weird universal time zone and the time said this random different time and of course New Zealand wouldn't accept that. But I could only fill out certain forms for the New Zealand immigration when I came in 24 hours before to upload that test so I had done everything else to fill out my paperwork for Australia and New Zealand apart from the tests right 
And when I uploaded the test, New Zealand's like, no, we don't accept that because that time doesn't come 24 hours before you leave. And I'm like, what the crap? So that morning I was supposed to leave Boise at 11.30. I scrambled to try and find a place to be able to take a rapid antigen test and then upload it into the New Zealand website in order to be able to get off to see my family in New Zealand. It all worked out in the end, but to say that it was stressful beginning of the trip is an understatement. All I had reeling in my head was, am I going to be able to see my family? Am I going to be able to see my family? Are they going to let me off the plane? Am I going to be able to see my family? And I kind of had anxiety about not being able to get off the plane in Auckland, not being able to even be allowed to be off in Australia. Like, I was just worried because there's so much paperwork and testing that needs to be done. And I've been to the airport and been a part of immigration enough times to realize that if you get the wrong person on the other side of the table, they can stop you from doing whatever you want. I've had it done to me multiple times before and there's nothing you can do. So this anxiety wasn't coming from just worry. This anxiety was coming from being treated like crap from people on the airlines and immigration previous and me wondering if it was even going to work out. But spoiler alert, it all worked out. And so it was awesome. But I'm really glad that Drew and I did the homework before we left in order to be able to have everything ready at the time that I needed it and to make sure that I had all of the forms, all of the apps downloaded, all of the QR codes that I needed to show, the paperwork, the testing, everything in order to be able to make sure that I was able to do it all. It was a lot and I'm glad that I did it and I'm really bad at that. When I travel, Drew takes care of all of that, but I was traveling by myself and so I had to take care of all of that, which is fair enough. Drew shouldn't have to do everything. I should and I'm more than capable of being able to do that. I just rely on Drew to do all of that stuff. He's very meticulous. He looks at the fine print. I mean, that's his job, you know, and so I always just simply rely on him, but he's a busy man and I'm an adult and I need to do some stuff myself. I realize that. <laughs> Bless Drew's heart. Anyway, and so everything was good. We eventually left and I was on my way. My kids told me that they, when I talked to them from the phone, it sounded like I had a really thick accent and I think they realized that when I was gone and I started talking to them again and I didn't talk to them much, how much of an accent I actually have. My children, because they've been hearing my voice since they were inside my womb, are just used to how I talk. But when they break down certain words and ask me to say certain words, they're like, Mom, everything you say is just different. and But I don't think that it clicks for them or they even, you know, really notice, you know. And then when I was gone, I think they said that what was interesting was when they came home from school, there was nobody to talk to. So they really appreciated, they appreciate me being home after school to have somebody to talk to about how their day was and offload all their stuff. They just miss their mum being around, but they're older and they did fine and they're all capable and so they were all right. So for me to be able to go from Boise, then I went to San 
Jose and that was fine and then I went to LA and LA was kind of a long layover and so I got some really expensive airport food. I got two things and together they were 30 bucks. It was so much money. I can't even begin to tell you what a rip-off airport food is guys seriously. It's like a whole nother planet in there and they just charge whatever they want. On Apple yeah that'll be five bucks. A bottle of water yeah that's seven dollars. It's like I know you got that for like 45 cents from Costco. Such a rip-off but whatever it is what it is and so I got off of the plane of San Jose and they let me straight into the gates where I was supposed to catch my flight to Air New Zealand. They said, theoretically, I could just go to the gate because I had already went through security in Boise and was dropped off just straight into the gates at LA with the bus that I took from where I was dropped off because I had already been through security check. They just dropped me off at the gates and the LA airport. I didn't have to go through security. And I sat there and I had something to eat and I asked a girl from Air New Zealand, I'm like, if I just come to the gate and I haven't been to security, will you guys let me on the plane? She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. But as I was sitting and eating, I was getting nervous and I was like, I, I don't know if I can do that, man. I think I need to go back down back out of security and go back into Air New Zealand's gate at LA and just go that way. And so I hid my food behind a plant in the corner of somewhere, went back out, went through back into the check-in and I didn't bring any checked bags. I only brought backpack and a handbag because checking things traveling is that much more time and work and effort and time was of the essence because I just wanted to be with my family and my friends. I didn't want to have to wait another 45 minutes or another half an hour whatever it is to pick up my checked bags and I didn't want to have a lot of stuff anyway. I was staying at people's houses and I didn't want to lose my checked bags. Sometimes every now and then they'll lose them. And I was going from place to place to place to place that I just didn't want that. And so it meant that I couldn't bring too much with me or take too much home with me. That's the only thing that sucked is people wanted to give me stuff and I didn't have too much room to try and fit it in. So I went down and I checked in at the gate, had no checked luggage and got myself sorted out, which was good. They accepted everything. There were some people who didn't know that they were supposed to fill out certain things, so were standing there hurriedly trying to fill out the app and stuff, and I'm glad that that wasn't me. I'm glad I'd already done that. And then I went back upstairs, and I went to grab my food, and it was so funny because there was this lady sitting there, and I snuck around behind her to where this plant was to <laughs> grab my food. And she looks at me, and I'm like, listen, I just had my food here and because it's so expensive, <laughs> I wanted to be able to grab it again. And so she was just looking at me like kind of smiling and I'm like, I promise this is my food. I just had it there and it's so expensive here and I'm not crazy. And I'm kind of like backing out, like telling her all of this stuff saying, I promise I'm not crazy. And then I said, well, I guess maybe you probably think I'm a little crazy, but it's okay because I'll never see you again and just walked away. <laughs> And then I finished some more of my food and then hopped on the plane and then I got into Auckland. And when I got into Auckland, 
I got off the plane straight away. I was the first one out because I didn't have any checked luggage and I was the first one out and my brother Hayden was there waiting for me. Now this is a big deal guys because my brother Hayden is tight and we always give him a hard time about being so tight with his money. <laughs> and so he was telling me the whole time he was like listen I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do the rounds and I'm just gonna come and I'm gonna pick you up in the car so you just come straight out and I'm just gonna pick you up in the car because you didn't want to pay for parking because Parking costs a lot of money. And so he's like, I don't want to do that. I just want to come pick you up. And I didn't care. I can understand that. And that's just who he is. And I'm fine with it. And I didn't even care. But he was there to meet me. And that is a big deal for Hayden because he's tight. But I came over and I was giving him a hard time because I'm like, bro, this has been like almost five years, like four years. Like, just come and be with me. And he did. And so I gave him a hard time about that, but it was beautiful that he was there and it was awesome. Now Hayden lives maybe 45 minutes from the airport on a good drive and it was a good drive because I got in at like 5.45 in the morning and so it only took, because the roads weren't busy, my brother about 45 minutes to get to the airport and 45 minutes to get home and that's not a big deal. So my brother lives the closest to the Auckland airport, him and his family, him and Jesse and the kids. And so my mom and my other siblings that could make it came up from where they were and met at Hayden's house so that we could all just be at Hayden's house. And so I got off the plane. I got out just fine. They said that I, they gave me a couple of tests and said I had to take a test within the first 24 hours and that I had to tell them what the test said and everything. I'm like, yep, sounds good. And I left with Hayden back to his house. I cannot express to you the feeling that I have when I get off the plane in New Zealand. Every time it gets me, every time, everyone sounds like me, everyone, it's just home. And to be able to get off of the plane and to be able to see the familiar plants, hear the familiar birds, I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just home. Like there's this rush of peace and warmth that comes over me and seeing my brother and just being in the car with him and talking and the foliage that I'm looking at when I'm in the car, it was beautiful. The day was beautiful. The sun was out. The plants were green. It was just so beautiful to be able to leave the airport and to be able to be with my brother and to just smell and see and listen to home. I love it. I love it. And so we got back to Hayden's house and I got to be with his children and to be with Jessie and bless her heart for hosting because I was there from maybe 6.37 until maybe 6.30 or 6 o'clock that night, maybe 5.30 I think, I can't remember. And so I was there for a solid 10 hours at least and Jessie was amazing. She was really, really good. Now, my sister had COVID, so she couldn't come up and see me. And my sister-in-law had COVID, so she couldn't come up and see me. And my brother, Gareth, and Delwyn, they lived too far away, so they couldn't come and see me and their families. 
everyone else could come and see me. And so I got to spend some precious time with Hayden and his family and got to visit with their children and got to be with them and give them the stuff I brought for them. And then my mom came up and it was really, really good to be able to see my mom. And my mom came up with food, gifts for my kids, and it was really good to see her. My mom looks really awesome and it was nice to have her there. And then my brother, Bevan, he came up with the kids. It was his wife, Dior, that had the that had COVID and she couldn't come up, but Bevan brought up all of the kids. And it was awesome to, to be able to spend time with Bevan and to see his kids. And they all hugged me and were just like, oh, it's good to find... I mean, their children are just beautiful. And then Llewellyn and Ashan, they came up with their beautiful children and they came up to see me as well. And their children, again... All of the children get along like a house on fire. Like nobody fights. They all get along so well as cousins. And it was beautiful to be able to see that. Everyone brought food with them. They brought things to give me. My brother Llewellyn had journals and my church college yearbook and different things to give me. It was too much. And so Hayden's looking after it for me until I come home this Christmas. And then I'll take it home with me. But I appreciate Llewellyn for bringing that stuff. I was supposed to bring him something too, but I totally forgot I was supposed to bring him my father's ring, but our father's ring, but I forgot to totally space doing that. But we ate food and we were together. Llewellyn's son, Real Tuttle, and his wife, they came up to visit us later on that day as well. And it was really, really good. And we got photos together, and I'll put them up on the blog so that you guys can see those photos. And it was really beautiful to be able to spend that time with my family. I made sure I was present the whole time and that was really really awesome for me to be able to make myself to be present and it was nice not to worry about how long I was going to be with them and not to worry but just be in the moment. I had my custard squares all I wanted was a custard square and Bevan brought a custard square for me. Mum brought me some Macintoshes and if you've listened to the Christmas episode from last year with my family, you'll understand what Macintoshes mean <laughs> to our family. That's in episode 22. If you haven't listened to that, it's a great episode about my childhood from my brothers and sisters and my mum's perspective for our Christmases that we had and what they remember. And Macintoshes, toffees, were a big part of that. So my mum bought me some Macintosh's toffees, which was really cool. And we all sat around, we talked, we hung out, we shared, like we always do, old times and created new memories together. And we cleaned and cooked and it was just beautiful, guys. It was beautiful and I was extremely grateful. And like I was talking about in my Kiwi Relapse episode, in episode 27, I talk about how I had some seasonal depression and the things that were going on with me then and how I really needed this trip. And spending that day with my family and being present with them and being able to see them for the first time in four and a bit years was extremely healing for me. I don't know if you have family that you love that you don't get to see, but that's me. I have family that I love that I don't get to see. You know, you get busy with the day-to-day life, and I have children, and 
But that doesn't mean that I don't miss being with my family. I see people who get to spend Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving, summers, birthdays, all of these things with their family. And I try not to think about it too much because I don't get that. And it's nobody's fault. Well, it's my fault for deciding to move to USA, really, isn't it? And part of the consequences of me deciding to marry Drew and moving to the USA is that I don't get to be with my family and I don't get to be in New Zealand. And that's what I signed up for, I guess, right? And my children don't get to see their cousins in New Zealand. And that's just, that's just how it is. And I did that to myself. But it doesn't mean that it's easy. Those are consequences that always hurt my heart. And it just sucks because my children love being with their cousins and they love my brothers and sisters. They love my mum. But that's just the way it is. So to be able to see them and be with them, I could already feel my spiritual and mental self and my heart healing and just feeling satisfied and it was an amazing time to be able to share those precious few hours with the ones that I love the most. I will always and forever be grateful for being able to have that moment and that time with my family. The pandemic was really difficult in the sense that I wasn't allowed to go home and I know that other people had things taken from them because of the pandemic as well. I guess I can say I'm one of the lucky ones because nobody that I loved died. I know that people have it worse because people have loved ones who died. I didn't have that. I just had COVID strip away my right to be able to go home whenever I wanted and that sucked. So to be able to go home and spend that time with my family was very healing, extremely joyous, and very satisfying. Everyone's doing real good. Everyone seems happy. Everyone seems like they're doing well. And we started making plans for this Christmas when we come home as a family. And I'm looking forward to that, from being able to, my children to learn more about the Maori culture, what it means how to maybe sing a couple of songs, how to cook food, how to draw. My children always use New Zealand and Japanese cultural things and their artwork and their stories and their with whatever they do. So to be able to learn more from their aunties and uncle about, about that is going to be really, really beautiful. So we're looking forward to that. So I had to say goodbye to everyone after we had some dinner and I'm extremely grateful to Jesse for being able to host and do all of that. I really miss my family a lot. Being around them, I realize just how much I miss them. Like I miss Ashan, I miss my brothers, like I miss Jesse, I miss the kids. I just realized, well, you just block it out, right? You just totally block it out so that you don't think about it too much. So it was really nice. So Hayden took me back to the airport and we sat and talked and caught up and it was good to be able to spend time with Hayden and him tell me about how he's been doing and stuff. And then I jumped on the plane and I went down to Christchurch. And when I went down to Christchurch, my auntie Marie, so my mum's sister, 
and her husband John picked me up at the airport and it was brilliant to be able to see them. My auntie wasn't feeling the best and it turns out that Later on, she would find out that week that she was actually really, really sick and would be in hospital for a certain amount of time. She's doing fine now, but I'm glad that I was able to see her while she was somewhat okay, but then it kind of went downhill from there. So I was grateful for that small window that I was able to see her when she was okay. It was really nice to be able to catch up with the both of them and to be able to see them. My Auntie Marie is the one that's had, like I've talked about a lot, if you've listened to my childhood podcasts at the beginning of this podcast, my Auntie Marie had a lot to do with me growing up, a lot. She made sure she was a big part of our lives. And she's my mum's younger sister, and they get along good as well. And her husband is a really nice guy and has always treated me well. So it was really nice to be able to see them, even though it was 10 o'clock at night. It was nice to be able to see them and catch up with them. They were tired, and so we went to bed. And it was nice to be able to sleep and shower and a bed and in a nice shower and not just be at an airport sleeping over there. So it was really, really good to be able to be with them. They have a beautiful house in Christchurch and they have just such beautiful garden. I mean, they just do such a wonderful job with that. And gardening is a big thing in New Zealand. And you can tell if you go to my mom's house, my brother's house, like they just do such a wonderful job and my auntie is no exception. The next morning my uncle gave me white bait paddy and so he was a fisherman the majority of his life and he still goes white baiting and white bait are little these little tiny almost see-through fish and he goes white baiting and he makes the best seafood. If you're gonna try seafood John is who you want to make and prepare your seafood. He is brilliant at it. My brother Llewellyn actually is really good at it as well. And if you don't like seafood after you've tried my uncle's seafood, then you truly don't like seafood. But until you've tried my uncle's seafood, I don't know if you can really say that you don't like seafood. He is amazing. And so I got up for breakfast and he gave me a white bait patty and I ate it on the way to the airport and talked to them and it was just really nice to be able to spend that brief time with them and to be able to see them. They are important people in my life and to be able to come and see my family and them hit the two wonderful, important places that I would love to see. I would have loved to have seen Kat, my best friend from New Zealand, Kat, but she and her family were sick. She was planning on picking me up at the airport, but her family got sick and she didn't want to spread COVID or anything to anyone, even though she wasn't testing for COVID, but her tests, excuse me, were negative for COVID. She didn't want to risk it, so she didn't get to see me. That's the only th person that I would have liked to have been able to see is her and uh, as well as my family, which I got to see. So it was good to be able to see her. It would have not been nice to see some other people too, but... I mean, it was just a short amount of time, right? And so then I got dropped off at the airport that morning and Marie sat with me the whole time and we got a hot chocolate and sat and talked and she gave me an LMP and then I jumped onto the plane and I went over to Brisbane. 
Brisbane was beautiful, beautiful weather. And I'm catching up with my movies on all of these trips, right? I'm like watching the new Matrix. I'm knitting. I was like making little wallets for and just and listening to podcasts. And I get to Brisbane and I get to see my friend Sherry. And Sherry, I haven't seen in over 20 years. And she was my friend from when I served my mission in in Australia, in Brisbane. And so it was really nice to be able to see her and her little family. So she has one daughter and then she has her husband. And they came and they picked me up from the airport. And the day was beautiful. It was beautiful in Brisbane. And it was good to be able to see Sherry. She doesn't look a day older So that was really nice to be able to see her and to be able to be with her and to get to know her little family. Now, this is a crazy thing that is happening in Australia at the moment. So what's happening is the rent is going through the roof. And so when your lease is up, the tenants will, the owner of the house will kick you out so they can boost the rent up and so a lot of Australians and their families are ending up homeless because they can't afford and aren't offered the new rental price that these people are getting and it almost becomes a bidding war and so Sherry was telling me that she was kicked out of her last place And they were basically homeless and went camping for a couple of months to try and work that out, but always had a positive attitude about it. And I can't believe this, guys, being having to be put in that situation that they were put in unnecessarily, but they just wanted to make more money, right? It's a business. So what happens is Sherry was telling me that they say, we want X amount of money per week for our rent and people will come in and they'll offer more, so it'll be like a bidding war on the rent. And so she said she applied for 70 different places to try and find them somewhere to be able to live, but then when she applies for them, she finds out that the rent that they advertised gets even higher because people are like, well, I'll give you more if you'll give me this house. It's crazy. And so in the interim they had to basically camp in order to be able to survive because they had nowhere to live. Is that so crazy, guys? That is so crazy. So fortunately, Sherry and her cute family found a place to stay, and that's where I stayed with them. It was this cute little place, so it was just small. And Sherry is a decorator, and she does a really good job for it. So Easter, she has all of these decorations, and Christmas, and she's just really, really good at decorating, and the house that she has was beautiful, and it's just really frustrating for her to downsize or to have this little space, even though they are extremely grateful for it, and James's job, and to be able to have her daughter go to her school and stuff, so they're doing really good, but just to hear their story made me realize that I need to be grateful for what I have, and I think that's something that I had forgotten in my seasonal depression. I think that I had forgotten I need to be grateful more for certain things that I have in my life. And so being able to spend time with my family in New Zealand helped me to be grateful for the love that I'm shown and that I have through my family. I need to be grateful for that safety. 
When I was with Sherry, I realized I need to be grateful for the fact that I have a house that I'm not going to get kicked out of. I am so grateful to the strength and the example that Sherry was to me with everything that they were going through and knowing that it was going to be okay and helping me to realize with their cute little family and their experience that they went through how blessed I am and how grateful that I should be for the things that I have. And to be able to be with Sherry and to get to know her husband that I had never met and her daughter was awesome. To be able to be with her daughter and to be able to have her know me like how her mum knows me was a true blessing. And we went and got fish and chips and they were so amazing. It was so good to be able to get those fish and chips. We went and got sausage rolls. I went and got a whole bunch of chocolates to go home to take home to my family She made me good food. We had good talks and caught up so much. It was amazing to be with her. I gave her a wallet that I knitted and we just had a really good time talking and loving on each other. And the next day we went to the beach and went for a walk on the beach and Sherry struggles with a few health issues and so seeing her be able to be positive through all of that as well and to be able to fight those things that she has issues with helped me to realize that I need to be grateful for my body and what my body does as well and it was really nice reminder from Sherry to be able to realize how beautiful our bodies are and how much they do for us how much they are fighting for us and when I ask my body to do something it does it and so being with Sherry and her cute family really made me realize how grateful I am for the things that I have and the body that I have and it was so wonderful to be able to be with them and to be able to for a day and a half and to be able to have a short amount of time with them to be able to catch up on two decades. We've been talking in that two decades, of course, but to be able to see and hug each other and Sherry did my nails and my toes because she's an amazing nail and toe person and she would love to get back into that and she just has so much to give, just has so much love to offer and it was nice to be able to be with her and to catch up on old times to be able to go to the beach and to see the animals and we saw someone getting married and just to walk around and the smell and was just such a wonderful thing to be able to do and then the next day I got to Sherry and her family got to show me the Brisbane Latter-day Saint temple They announced it when I was on my mission that they were going to build it, but I never got to see it. And so it was wonderful the next day to be able to see the temple in real life and to be able to be back in that area. That was my first area on my mission was that area around the temple. And I'd knocked on doors all over that town and so to go back and see the temple there and get a picture and to see the beautiful gardens and stuff was really really lovely and then I said goodbye to Sherry and hello to brother Balki and Jershon and so I went to Jershon's house and I was able to go and see brother Balki for the first time and it was awesome 
Like, it was good to see Jershon and to be able to talk to him and catch up with him for a second. And then I went out the back and I got to see Brother Belki. So, if you've listened to Brother Belki's story, you'll know that he's living in a little place that Jershon made him in Jershon's backyard. And so Jershon basically built a granny flat or a mother-in-law apartment in his backyard for his dad because his mom and dad got kicked out of their uh, property where they thought that they would be forever. And it's such a beautiful thing that Jershon has done for his parents to be able to build that and have them have that. So it's just a small little place, just a little front room, a little kitchen, a bedroom, bathroom, and then they have their washing. And I went back there and saw Brother Balky, gave him a huge hug, took a photo of him. His son, Amron, was there. It was good to see them. And then my mate, Winnie, she was there too. Now, Winnie, she was one of my roommates and one of my mates at church college. And it was, and I haven't, hadn't seen her in forever as well. And so to be able to see and be with her was like old times. And it's funny that you can just fall right back into where you left off, right? Isn't that so crazy? And so to be with Winnie, who looks, again, amazing. She's 20 years older and looks pretty awesome. And it was just such a treat. It was Harata, that's Brother Balki's wife. It was her 80th birthday celebration that day and so brother Balky and Winnie and everyone was in the middle of getting everything organized for that party and so I just came in and brother Balky just got me working he's like okay it's good to see you I love you now let's get do and so I helped do things and organize things and just basically spent the whole day with him and we took stuff to the party she isn't remembering things really well and so it was hard for her when you talk to her she doesn't remember after a few minutes like maybe 15 20 minutes she doesn't remember and so it's reminding her this is your birthday this is what we're doing this is and so it's tough to be able to work with that sometimes Jershon and lots of people were involved in decorating and doing everything and I just did what I was told and we had beautiful food and it was a beautiful party and we got hangi I got to eat hangi so I was so grateful for that which is Maori traditional Maori food and it was so good to be able to eat that beautiful desserts I mean brother Balki is the cook he is the guy and he is another amazing cook. And so the food was absolutely beautiful. And I just did what I was told. Brother Bucky was like, I need some scissors. I need a tray. I need Melissa. I need you to do this. And I was happy to be his little helper. It was awesome. And I was just happy just to be around him. Now, if you see Brother Bucky, you would not know that he has cancer and he is dying of cancer. You would not know that. To see him and to see him walk around and do stuff and... It's just an amazing thing. And so it was nice to be able to see him basically healthy and happy and doing well. And it was just good to be around him again and just to have that time with him. And so I was able to catch up with a couple of mates from high school. So it was good to be able to sit and catch up with them. And at one point I sat down to eat and I had maybe half an hour with Winnie and Lani. And I got up and Brother Buck was like, what are you doing, Melissa? And I'm like, oh, I'm just eating. And he's like, okay, well, 
we need to do stuff. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and so I got up and did the desserts and stuff. And I remember saying to him later on, I'm like, man, I only got half an hour to sit down. He's like, oh, half an hour. That's good for some, isn't it? And so <laughs> he's just so quick and so smart and just such a fun jokester. And it was just so awesome to just be around him. I know I keep t saying that, but it was lovely. And he and knowing and seeing Harata and how forgetful she's becoming and knowing that Brother Balki is suffering with cancer also helped me to understand that I need to be grateful for my life and again for my health and again for my body. And I need to make the most of what it is that I'm doing in my life and being around these beautiful people helped remind me of that. And that is what I needed. And it was such a fun time to be able to see his other son, Shaza, and to be able to see Nephi and Jershon. Jershon and I were buddies back in church college and at university. And to see him and his wife and Shaza and his children. And it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate and eat and be busy and help and do things. It was just wonderful. And I went back home afterwards and cleaned up and we went back home and I know that Brother Balki was tired and so I went back to my friend Leahona's place. And Leahona is my friend from church college and she married a guy, Kyle Tulaney, and Kyle is from my childhood back in Invercargill. So when I was a child in Invercargill, you'll know that my life was there for a certain amount of time. Now, Kyle and his family and his brother and sisters, they were all a part of my little family growing up in Invercargill. And so it was crazy that Lehana ended up marrying someone from my childhood. So when I saw her that night and caught up with her, it was so awesome to be able to see her husband as well and to be able to see what his family's up to, how he's doing, what is the latest with them and his mom and sisters and his brother just lived down the road. And so it was really nice to be able to catch up with Leahona and to see her busy family and what she's up to. And it is beautiful. They have a lot going on and she is a busy bee and is doing so much. And it's actually quite inspirational. And so it was lovely to be able to have a good sleep at her place and to be with them and the next day I spent with Brother Balki as well so they don't live too far away from Brother Balki so that turned out amazing and I spent that next day this Sunday with Brother Balki as well and it was the party was over and they were just relaxing and it was nice to be able to spend that next day just catching up relaxed with Brother Balki and being with him he gave me a piece of his artwork and we got to eat and I got to be with Jurashan a little bit more and Amron and I was able to just relax and spend the majority of the day with Brother Belki and to be able to be with him and to love him and us to catch up with old times and to be able to just hang out just to be able to hang out and help and unpack stuff and it was just beautiful and it was exactly what I wanted 
when I came over to Australia to be able to be with him and I couldn't have asked for a better time to be able to be and sit and talk and be present and just in the moment with him and us to be able to be friends and to be able to sit and talk. It was nice to be able to hear how he's doing and see where he lives and to listen about what he does to keep himself busy and just to be present with him was a gift that I will cherish forever. Later on that day, I went back to Leahona's house and her husband, Carl, and his brother, Ammon, they made us dinner and Ammon and his family came over and Ammon and Carl were both from my childhood, like I said, and it was really nice for us to just sit and to catch up with each other and what each other's families are up to because our families had so much to do with each other in our childhood. It was really nice to just sit and to be able to talk and catch up on what is going on. And it was nice for me to reflect on how grateful I am for my marriage with Drew and to be able to reflect on what a beautiful life Drew and I have made together. And I am so grateful for Drew's kindness, his love, his hard work, his dedication, and just who he is as a person in our marriage and in our relationship. It helped me to reflect on how blessed and lucky I am to be able to have a partner in this life for the last 20 and a half years, who has almost 21 years actually, who has looked after and cherished and loved and trusted me with his life and the life that we have built together and how pretty amazing so far that has been. And to be able to sit and reflect with old high school and childhood friends helped me to realize how darn lucky I am to be able to be the person I am and the body I am and the marriage that I'm in with the children that I have and the house that I am. And I think sometimes you forget, guys, I think sometimes we forget to be grateful. I know that I do, and I don't want to throw all of you guys under the bus, but sometimes I think we need to make sure that we are grateful for the things that we have. And one thing that I remember reading one time, it said, if you are grateful... It's really hard to be unhappy at the same time. So as we sit and contemplate how grateful we are, it helps us to reflect on the little pieces of happiness that we do have and joy that we have in our life. And just as a gentle reminder that we should be grateful for the beautiful things that we have. And to be able to be with these people And them teaching me these different little things was such a beautiful thing for me to be able to get me out of my funk. And to sit and reflect and to talk and to be shown kindness and to be given hugs and gifts and love and attention and smiles and joy was this such a healing week for me to be able to be with them and to be able to be with Leahona and to see her life and they have basketball and she she's in school and she's just such a beautiful person and it was nice to be able to see her briefly and 
I have a wallet that I actually need to send her that I knitted her so I should probably do that today but it was just so awesome and she dropped me off at the airport and so I traveled to New Zealand and Australia on my New Zealand passport and then I traveled back to America on my American passport and they were asking me oh do you have a visa for to go back into America and I'm like well I've got something better I've got a passport and that was super confusing for them for me to have like both the new, to come in on New Zealand and out on American and they had to call Australia immigration to be able to figure that all out <laughs> so it was a long time standing in line and people and I was really grateful that Leohana dropped me off early because had I done that and the chaos, if I had been shown up late, it would have been detrimental. And so to show up early and for them to have to try and figure out what on earth to do with me worked out really well. And then I sat down and ate a mince and cheese pie and it was beautiful. That was the only thing that I hadn't eaten yet was a decent mince and cheese pie. And I've finally done it just in the airport at Brisbane. I just sat and ate my beautiful mince and cheese pie in the airport with some tomato sauce. And then I was ready to go home. Now, Kat got in contact with me in Brisbane and is like, how long are you going to be in Auckland for? And I'm like, oh, a couple of hours. She's like, I'm going to come and see you at the Auckland airport. What? This is exactly what I want. This would end the trip so beautifully to be able to see Kat on the way home. This is it. I'm going to have the trip of my dreams. To be able to see Kat is everything. So I was waiting to get on my plane and we were planning it and then the check-in stand for the Brisbane airport for that flight shut down and so it went offline and it was a couple of hours late and so I only had enough time to fly into Auckland and make my plane to LA and so I missed out on being able to see Kat. And I was like super bummed. And it turns out she was going to go pick out our homeboy, Tony, and bring him over to see me. So it would have been me, Kat, and Tony hanging out and being able to see each other for an hour and a half. Guys, it would have been amazing. I'll put up a picture of me, Kat, and Tony back in the day. Gosh, that would have been beautiful if I could have done that right at the end of my trip, but it didn't happen, which teaches me that you can't have everything you want, right? But just the mere fact that Kat texted me and she had planned on doing that just got me so pumped and it's just such a beautiful thing. I just love that she was going to do that for me and I'm sad that I didn't get to see them, but I'll get to see them this Christmas for sure and to be able to spend time with them, but... That would have been an epic end to my trip, and it didn't happen. <laughs> but like I said, you can't have it all sometimes, right? So I just made it to my flight back to LA, and then I went from LA to Oakland, and I met some cool people on the plane, some really cool people, and then made it back to Boise, and Drew just wanted me to himself, but the girls stayed up. The boys were out cold, of course, because my boys are sleepers. And Drew told them, you got to all go to bed. You can't stay up. Mum's coming in late. you got school the next day. You can't stay up. And the girls were like, whatever. I'm going to go see mum. You're not, I'm not going to sleep. Are you kidding me? I haven't seen mum for a week. We're going to stay up. And so I had lots of chocolates and everything to give to the kids. And so they stayed up and the girls talked to me and Drew was sad because he just wanted to have me to himself. But he was very patient with it. And I was smashed, and so we all had a good night and went to bed. 
we just finished eating all of the chocolate that we got just actually a few days ago, just last week. And so it lasted a good month, almost two months. I'm like so proud of us. So it was amazing. So that was my trip back to Australia and New Zealand. It was just beautiful. It was awesome. It got me out of my funk and made me grateful for being present and made me grateful for love of my family and made me grateful for my marriage, my body, my house, everything that I had. And I think being able to have this healing trip with these beautiful people in my life that means so much for me helped me to come home and treat myself and just life better and to be able to look up and to be grateful for what it is that I have. And so I love my trip for that. Love, love, loved it. And I think I will always treasure that trip in my heart and I will always treasure being able to see Brother Balky one last time. It was really hard to leave him. When I left him, I bawled my eyes out and I made everyone else cry too. And it's really hard to be able to see a person for the last time and I try not to think about it too much because it's just a really sad thing right so I want you to know that I know it sounds elaborate like oh you got to go to New Zealand and Australia that's crazy like I wish I could get to but this trip was about being able to heal and to be able to love and see and do and be and that's what I got to do and I hope that you can do that in your life in a small or the same way as well that you can look around and see what am I grateful for you know what is good in my life and to be able to figure out what you need to do to be able to heal what do I need to be do I need to be able to be more present do I need to be able to visit people? Make it happen. Life is short. If you can make it happen, do it. That's what I know as well. And I know that in a way that comes from a privileged place, of course. But I know as we work hard and we strive and we put goals out there and we put it out to the universe, we can make it happen. I don't have many people listen to my podcast, yet here I am still doing it, right? And I think that as we are grateful for things and as we grow older and as we learn that what people think of us don't matter and who we are is the most important thing and what we can give to the world is a gift that nobody else can give, then we keep doing podcasts for a few people or we keep doing and being and seeing things that are just for us that nobody knows about. I'll never be famous. But what I can do is I can do my little part here with my little world. And that's what we can all do, right? And I'm so grateful for the life lessons that I learned through the experiences that I have. And this trip back to New Zealand and Australia was an experience that helped me to love life that much more and to be able to heal and be better. So yeah, thanks for listening to episode 29 with me about my trip back to Australia and New Zealand. That's what happened. I learned a ton and I would love to hear about maybe some things that you've been doing to help yourself feel grateful and the things that you're maybe you're planning a trip this summer to be able to do some healing or see people or loving. I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. I'm excited to be able to introduce you to my next guest and I'm trying to work hard on that. And so until then, kakitiano aoyakoto. Thank you.